Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Chatting with Nan, it's Natalie Jean, and Natalie Jean, and today we have country pop rock artist Erin Cosgrove. A real crowd pleaser, this phenomenal country pop rock artist Erin Cosgrove has it all. Based in Los Angeles and Nashville, this powerhouse singer-songwriter and actress has opened and written for some of the best artists in the business from Big Rich to Love and Theft to Russell Dickerson to Danielle Bradbury to A Thousand Horses with her confidence radiating from the stage. Her second single and music video, The Perfect Place to Start, produced by Grammy Award-winning producer Mikhail Blue, was released on March 15, 2020 and was overnight hit with over 15,000 Spotify views in the first week and plays on Sirius XM, The Highway. Other stations such as The Ranch, K-Frog, and about 50 other stations around the country also picked up the song, which led a great deal of exposure and extended fan base. Erin has played shows such as Oak Heart Country Music Festival, Roundup Country Music Festival at LA Live, Patty Fest in the Tampa Bay Rays, Baseball Stadium, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Erin admits that whether she's writing and co-starring for hit TV shows such as Parenthood or performing at the House of Blues or the Daytona 500 or appearing in reality shows like Summer Camp, she feels most at home in front of a crowd or a camera. Never one to shy away from momentum, Cosgrove is excited to release her another single and music video this summer called Ride That Bull that will be premiering on the Country Network, reaching over 40 million households. Be sure to request her on the Sirius XM, the highway, follow her on Apple Music and Spotify and on social media. Erin Cosgrove official at Erin Cosgrove official. This is talent you won't be able to take your eyes off. Let's give her a round of applause. Hey, Nat. Thanks so much for that. That was great. I'm <laughs> good. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Uh-uh. <laughs> You've done a lot. You've yeah, it's kind of long. That's <laughs> fantastic. So how have you been um, these past three years of cray-cray, Omicron, Delta, COVID, George Floyd, Ukraine, politics? <laughs> the whole world is just, I don't know if the world is ending. I don't know if it's beginning. Something's going on here. Yeah, I uh, I think when COVID hit, I just kind of went back into my shell and I was like, okay, I'll wait for this to be over. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's I don't know. It's you know, I, I like like I tell everybody else, I have to pinch myself every morning to see if um I'm in the living in the 21st century. Um, I did get COVID back in December 2020, and most recently I got it again. I've been back, whack, <laughs> name it, boosted, loosed I don't know what to call it anymore. At this point, I think <laughs> I have to say, oh, this, oh, this is just a little um, flu thingy. Okay. I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> One thing we know, it's annoying. Um, right. <laughs> questions that I like to ask is this. Um, I ask everybody this question. Um so we we know that the past three especially the pandemic um have been awful people have long covid um many people have died um people have lost limbs people are just can't breathe anymore um so we <laughs> yeah it's been crazy it's been bad but out of all these things believe it or not there have been some pros you know, uh, one of the things I always say is that I saw family members walking with their families. And you don't see that that much anymore, especially in my neighborhood. So I was just like, what is going on here? Um, you have <laughs> a colleague that was just like, I'm, I, you know, he's like, um, I'm not working so many hours anymore because what the pandemic did made him realize that 
um, he wasn't spending enough time with his family, so he cut back hours. There were many articles about people quitting their jobs because they felt as though, okay, I like making money, but I want to be happy doing what I'm doing. Right. That was was a (laughs) huge thing that happened. So a lot of people quit their jobs. They decided to do something they love. Um, Climate change, um, while we were out for that year, the pollution level went down (laughs) very significantly. And so the animals in the trees were hoping we weren't going to come out back. Um, there was little <laughs> people we can actually breathe. Squirrels were like, "Oh, I don't have to watch out for these tr- these cars coming down the road." And then you have the artists like you and I. Uh, there are many people that uh, just created new tunes during the pandemic. Uh, they created a whole album. There are some people that decided to rebrand. There are people that decide not to do music anymore. There are people that <laughs> be an effective player. So my question for you, so the, uh, what I'm saying there is that there's a lot of self-introspection. So what did you do? Did you do some self-introspection? Did you change as an artist? Are you remaining the same? Is there anything new on the horizon? What did you think about? Well, uh, I unfortunately experienced COVID uh, during when I was living in LA, so I didn't exactly get to do much. Um, <laughs> they, you know, pretty much had everything shut down. Um, I didn't work for about a year and a half, and at that point, my husband and I were kind of like, "Well, we should probably go where you can work." So <laughs> right. we moved to Nashville. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, it was. It was uh, it was rough. It was really tough for me, actually. Um, I don't know. I wish I could say there were more positives that came from it. I think one of the major positives is that, uh, you know, the companies are realizing now that, oh, they can, you know, work remote. You don't have to go into an yeah. office so much anymore. Uh, so I think that was definitely a benefit. Uh, sadly, that's not my husband's job, so he still worked the entire time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he... Uh, he was working um, in the studios uh, at Universal, oh, wow. and they never shut the job site down. So he basically worked the entire time COVID happened while I was sitting at home twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> and uh, so, they get, what's up? I was like, yuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the hours weren't as bad as they normally are for him, but uh, yeah, it was weird. Um, he never really stopped. I think he like got to take off like two weeks and then they're like, Oh yeah, you guys can come back. And he's like, what? Really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. Uh, so I had actually put out a song and you read it in my bio called the perfect place to start, um, with the music video that released, um, sadly two days after the world shut down. Um, actually I think it was two days before. Um, and we had done, probably close to, you know, $15,000 worth of PR and marketing and placement and all that good jazz for that song. Um, And then everybody just, you know, canceled. All the red carpet interviews were canceled. Radio stations were canceled. Um, And uh, I kind of got a little jaded from that. I'm not going to lie. You know, that was tough to kind of come back from because, we basically put all of our apples into one basket and, um, you know, got super screwed. Um, and I mean, a lot of people did. I yeah. had friends that, you know, were getting ready to shoot pilots for major TV series. I got, you know, I had friends that were, you know, had just booked like the best role of their career and, you know, pre-production had started on it and they had gotten their shoot dates and they're like, Oh, sorry. And all of that stuff just got pushed under the table and, you know, sadly, in the entertainment industry, you kind of have to just keep moving on. They don't really go back and be like, okay, yeah, we're going to bring that back. It's more like, okay, well, what else is there? You know, what's new? So even after we reached out to the contacts, like a year later, they're like, yeah, well, what do you have coming out now? I'm like, are you kidding? Like, what? No. Like, screw you. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll be honest, we're still we're still trying to recoup back from, from all that because, I mean, that's that was a lot, you know, that's. 2019 was like our best year, <laughs> and then that happened. I was like, no. That is a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It was a lot of time. It was a lot of people's time. Um, 
you know, it was, it was a lot. So, I mean, mentally I was like, well, okay. Um, I'm not going to plan anything. We're not going to bother plan. Like we had a tour plan too. We had like all the stuff that we were going to do. And um, yeah, so we just kind of, you know, when I was sitting at home, just contemplating life and twiddling my thumbs. um, (laughs) And I got to a point where I ended up going and playing a festival because it was like an outdoor festival. And they're like, Hey, you know, we're just going to do it and come on out. And I was like, sweet. Cause I need to get out of here. Um, so that was nice and that kind of like spunked some, you know, life into me and I ended up writing a song from that one called, uh, Time to Live. And that one just kind of came out on a whim. I just went in the studio, produced it and got it done. And then I did a Christmas tune actually too for 2020. Honestly, I don't know. These years kind of just run together. I'm like, wait, what year are we in again? I don't even know. I don't even know. I just don't count the last two years. (laughs) Everything is a blur. Everything is a complete blur. Um, There are days I I don't know which day it is, which hour. I have to look at my phone. Right. Um, Right. You know, I was working a full-time job during the pandemic myself, and um, after a year, I quit um, because I'm crazy, but um, for many reasons. Um, um, I am yeah. trying to think this music full time. Um, so I completely get uh, the whole craziness of uh, doing music. Um, and and uh, let's touch base on this fifteen thousand dollars thing. Now, oh, hard, especially for independent artists. I mean, if you really don't have the money to amass fifteen thousand dollars yeah. to for a budget, that is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even for myself, when I promote my music, I'm using a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. And I'm basically doing everything myself. Like I, I get the Indie Bible, you know, contact right. or use like people like Play MPE or CDX Nashville or, or, or these right. other promoters. Um, and I've done fairly well on them. And the well, I don't even know if the people ever play the song, but I know they download it and stream it. Um, and obviously there are ways to find out with all these different sites that can say, oh, this year song was played here, yay. Um, <laughs> industry, I mean, it's so. Yeah, exactly. It, it should, in my mind, sometimes I'm like, it shouldn't cost that much to promo. I ask people to contact me. They're like, well, it's going to cost you $5,000. And I'm like, well, I don't have that. I might as well just stick and do what I've been doing myself. Um Yep. And yeah, during a pandemic, and you spend all that money, and you're just like, but I would think that what yeah. we saw was during the during our let's call it the downtime, um, that more people were more aware of independent art because they had downtime, and people because people were doing live streams, um, you would think that more people would be in tune to finding new orders. Let's face it. The industry is coming with a bunch of the same mainstream artists over and over and over and over and over. And over. It's always the same type of music um, in my ears. Right. You know what I mean? So you would think this yeah. is the best opportunity for them to say, oh my God, it's, 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 it's three people are just listening to them. you got to uh, listen to them. In fact, I want to do a challenge to radio stations to do that. Um I feel like it was good like that for the first few months, but then, you know, it just kind of went right back to, okay, well, they have the money, they have the budget, and they're going to promote it. So it was good for a while, I'd say maybe like nine months. Um, You know, I got got a bunch of streams out of it. I did a bunch of, like, live stream stuff. Um, But, you know, it was hard. It was hard because... I was I did like probably ten or fifteen of those live stream sessions and I just was already burnt out from it. I was like, I hate this. I really just hate this. I wanna be on stage. Like I don't feel the energy of the crowd. Like I don't feel the people. Like and it just it was just almost like doing the opposite. It was like sucking the life out of me. And then I ended up joining a um like a live streaming app and I was able to make a little bit of money on that, but still it was it was getting monotonous, and I was like, I want to be on stage. Like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, it wasn't the same thing. Like, it was almost like, why am I doing this? So, it was, 
it was a weird mind game for sure. I don't know if you experienced that too. Yeah, um, you know, what was interesting for me is like, when, especially if, you know, we both had COVID that during that moment, my brain was void. <laughs> you know, I wasn't in any moment, in, in any moment or time wanting to write anything. I don't know if you experienced this, but, you know, I think when you have COVID, I know for me, there's a sense of emptiness. Like, oh, see, actually, I never got COVID. <laughs> I just had to sit at home and do nothing. <laughs> oh, okay, well, for me, it's an emptiness, and I never thought of anything. Um, um, yeah, no, I just was sitting at home doing nothing. I was like, okay, now what? <laughs> it was just like, it, it was like really dreary, and, you know, you just don't, um, it was just like, even without COVID, you know, looking at a world where you think like this kind of crap will happen, not in the 21st century, because you've heard right. about these things in the 1930s, 1940s and stuff like that. And here you are, you're a plague, what, in 21st century? And then it really puts things in perspective, in perspective for you in your life and your goals and everything that you want to do with music, you know, uh, it's just, uh, I, I, but, but at the same time, music is a great, this is our power. This is our superpower because during right. these times, as I've told other people, people were craving authenticity. They were, right. because you know, the whole thing, fake news, blah, blah, blah. Every time somebody would read something, oh, okay. Then they'd read somewhere, oh, that wasn't true. At least with the artistry, with the music, they knew that this was real. Right. um, And say, my God, you know, Erin Cosgrove, my God, she gets me. And I've got to listen to her music. (laughs) And it's just an amazing thing. And it got them through the day. You know, uh, music has that healing power. It can move mountains. It can do so many things. And, Mm And and I think we're very blessed to be able to do those things. Now, how did you get into the music industry? You know, what was it that uh, that made you say, okay, Aaron and music have to come together. They have to become one. Um, I think it was kind of one of those things that uh, I, I was, I wouldn't, I guess, born with. I don't know. My mom says I used to, like, walk around the house when I was, like, five, just, mm. like, singing and making up songs. Um, and then when I got into elementary school, I was in like all the school musicals and plays and whatever. And, um, I guess I got a lot of good feedback (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's like, Oh, you should do music. Oh, you should blah, 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 blah. You know, it was a joke. Everyone's like, Oh, you should move to Hollywood. Well, yeah, I did that. Um, (laughs) but it's, it's, it was kind of just a, I think it was like already instilled in me from a very young age that like, Hey, this is, this is my calling. Like, this is what I'm meant to do. And, you know, I tried to do other things and I tried to do, you know, other stuff that made more money and all that good jazz, but it, you know, I would, I would do it for a while and I was just like, Oh God, this is so boring. Like I cannot do this for the rest of my life. And I would just come back to music and acting and I'm like, I don't know, just something when I was really young just said, this is what you're going to do. Um, and then, you know, I went on to be in a national show choir in high school, um, you know, took voice lessons. From there, I traveled abroad and toured with a national show choir um, and then decided, like, last minute, no big deal, like, you know, right before session is supposed to start for college that oh I wanted to major in music whoops didn't mm. audition for that <laughs> and uh, it was interesting because the school's like well we'll let you come in sorry my dog's making noise dog stop okay. and long story short I ended up getting in I studied, I studied opera in college which was awful um <laughs> And it was kind of like, all right, well, now I really hate music, and I want nothing to do with it. So I started taking acting classes, and I was doing that through college. Yeah, well, when the teacher tells you that, like, you have to do it a certain way, and that, you know, there's 
a jerk and they fail you because you're working professionally in a theme park instead of going to their stupid class that wasn't in the syllabus. Um, yeah. Get a, little, get a little jaded. Oh, and then he failed me because he wanted to screw one of the grad students and teach her instead. Yep. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Good good times. Good times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it was from, like, a very young age, but then, like, you know, you go through a lot and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. And, you know, my dad's thing was, well, you have to get a college degree. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get one in the worst worst field possible. <laughs> there you go. One that's going to make me absolutely no money because I'm not going to teach. <laughs> yeah. But again, like I wasn't, I was like, I don't know what there is for me to do that I would enjoy. I mean, looking back now, I probably could have gone into marketing because I'm pretty good right. at that and I do that, you know, part time. Um, but it was at the time I was like, no, I'm stubborn. I'm going to do music. <laughs> you know what? You followed your gut. You followed your heart. You know. I did, but I really wish I had followed my head. <laughs> You know what? But even but if you know what? You, head, you would have still done music. What's that? Even if you had exactly, followed that, head, you would have still done music. Right. And, you know, I always say you can't regret anything because you don't know where you'd be if you had gone a different way. You know, That's I could have ended up in some corporate full-time job that I hated and then, you know, not taken the leap, not moved to L.A. and, you know, pursued it. So no regrets. It was just a weird experience for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's good to follow your gut. You know, I never thought I'd be in music. My my family's always been in music, but, but I was extremely shy. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to get in front of people? And I, I mastered that. But, oh, my I gosh. I was, too, actually. I was really shy when I was little. I was just like, oh, my, petrified. Now I'm like, oh, been there, done that. I can do it. Right, right. It's like, you know, my whole thing was was that, I was nervous, you know, what people would think. And then I had to change that and just say, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to give them the best show that I can and just move from there. I mean, that's all. You, that's basically all that you can do. You know what I mean? Just give the people a good show and you move on. The music is subjective anyway. You can't, not everybody's going to love you. And then they're going to, every, then there are people that are just going to absolutely adore you. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Now, how important is it for you to be authentic in your music in your life? That's tough because, you know, a lot of the times, like, you know, maybe what's going on in your head mm-hmm. isn't, it, it's hard to translate that into more of like a broad spectrum of, you know, the majority. Um, like a lot of my lyrics are pretty specific and mm-hmm. I've kind of been taught recently to, you know, broaden them a little bit more. To make it so you're really capturing everyone, not versus, like, not just that one person that goes, oh, that's so funny. Like, I relate to that one word that everyone's like, huh? Like, I I don't know what she's talking about there. (laughs) So I think it's, yeah, like, I think it's important to definitely have, like, a, I don't know, like, an idea of what you're going for, but not necessarily, like, specific. So the more, you know, I learn about songwriting, the more I do it, the more I work with different people you know I'm learning new ways to you know write and new sounds and I think uh you know this next single that we put out is definitely going to have like a different feel to it but still kind of the same um you know the same personality it's going to be a little bit more I think in line with I hate to say it but you know the vast majority which it's a kind of a catch-22 because you want to be popular, but you also don't want to, you know, sound like everybody else. But if that's what everybody else is downloading and wanting to listen to, you know, what do you then put out? So, you know, it's always a struggle. You're always kind of like, well, I've got these three songs and I like them all, but they're all different. And which one's going to take off? You just don't know. It's a game. That's what I always say. It's a game. It's interesting that you talk about that. Um, and for me, it's like, I believe that everybody that does music was born to do music, but everybody has a different sure. role, role in music. 
like when I first started out in music, oh yeah, I want to be famous, want to be oh, get on the charts, get into do all this stuff. <laughs> and as I live deeper in life, all that stuff doesn't even matter to me. Like I enter songwriting contests, I go to award shows and stuff like that, and just to build up a resume. But charting and all that stuff is not so important to me. I, I want to be. Well, it, it's also paid. I mean, at this like right, this day right. and age, like nothing's authentic anymore yes nothing nothing is authentic anymore because obviously when we listen to radio stations and you're an indie artist and you're trying to compete everything is pay to pay play which is kind of illegal yeah. but anyway um that's not the top <laughs> i've decided that um i want to open this new dialogue okay in the sense okay. that I do social impact message songs. Like before, yeah, I've done the whole breakup, love, death, all that gushy, mushy stuff. But <laughs> I'm more like my last album was all social impact. We talked about from climate change to uh, school violence and all the, the bullying to everything. And and I find that these are the songs that I prefer to do. So I'm trying to open that niche. I'm trying to, you know gather more of the people that do that kind of music. Like I love all types of music, but I'm trying to right. get the industry to understand that it's not just the popular songs, the same damn crap that we listen to all the time. And, and it's not like music is cuckoo. The music is great. It's always the same thing to the point that all these artists that are on the radio station, they basically would have to die, keel over, in order for somebody else <laughs> No, it's I mean, true. You're Taylor, you're always going to hear about Carrie Underwood. You're always going to hear about the same people. You're not hearing about the thousands and thousands and thousands of independent artists that are out there. They want to inundate no. the same people over and over again, unless you have the money to put that out. And yep. that's not fair. Because, nope. you know, I was trying to explain uh, social impact message songs to somebody else. I said, people just don't understand that. Some people go, well, I don't know if this will chart. It, social impact message on is not about charting. It's about making a difference in somebody else's life. And I think that that's the conversation that needs to be had in the music industry so that we don't have to try to compete against all these people and do music we don't want to do. Like, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I do the music <laughs> I do it the way I want to do do it. And once we open that conversation, these these songs will be like, damn, I, I got to play this. This is going to help somebody else. You know what I mean? Right, it, it, right. It's not that the other music is like, oh, when they listen to it, they're going to say, oh, that boyfriend, I hated him and this, that, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's more or less of opening a different avenue because music has to evolve over time. Like, I went right. to a music conference 100 years ago, and one of the things <laughs> they said about was, okay, if you're writing a song for Rihanna, uh, you don't want to give her something she's done. You want to give her something she hasn't done. But yet, right. BS, because every time you listen to something on the radio, she's doing the same thing that she's already done. Although she hasn't put out music in a while. She, um, it, it, you know, <laughs> it's just, the, the, people have to understand it's all the genres music evolves. Even you I do country and, and Americana. And, you know, I was just baffled the other day when somebody said, you know, in country music, you have to rhyme, rhyme what? Aren't you supposed to be telling a story? What does it matter? I'm always, when I write a song, I'm always like, okay, <laughs> verse, verse, chorus. And I'm like, why are you writing this way? You work better when you just free flow like a, like if it's a poem. You know what I mean? Right. I think we, we try to stick too much to the rules because we think that's what the world is, dictates us to do. But sometimes there's got to be a bunch of voices that say, no, I'm going to write this song, and there's going to be people that love it because I'm expressing <laughs> their feeling. You know what I'm saying? I think you're, yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I think the problem is, though, you know, people are so set in the way that they think, you kind of have to trick them. Um, right. You know, you kind of have to, 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 to lure them in. So, right. you know, something that um, that Mark Wahlberg actually did, which I thought was great, 
he um he's i don't know if it's out yet or not he just recently put out a movie that is like faith-based and Mm -hmm. hollywood would not pick it up they wouldn't nobody would produce it they want nothing to do with it and so he's like well screw you i'm gonna do it myself he's got the money so i think you know it's it's like it's kind of one of those things and i'm sure it'll do well because you know he's paying for the promotion he's paying for you know the production which is millions of dollars um, you know, he's paying everybody, he's you know, bringing the actors on. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, he had to make all that money and do it their way for a mm-hmm. while before he could say, Hey, you know, this isn't what I want to do. This is, you know, not right. I would like to do it my way. So right. unfortunately, you know, I wish we all could have, you know, millions of dollars to say, right. Hey, you know, I'm just going to do it this <laughs> way because screw you guys. Um, but that's kind of where I look at it from more of like a business sense. And I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of artists don't really understand that side of it because it's, 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 it's an art and it's creative, but if you want to be successful in it, there is a business side that sadly has to be, you know, looked at. Um, now if you're just doing it and doing like, I don't really care. Like I'm just going to produce it and I'm going to have my other full-time job and like, that's what's going to support me. Then do whatever the hell you want. I think it's great. Like I, I wish I had that kind of money to just be like, no, we're doing this, this and this, but there is a different side to it as well. So I, I have to look at both sides just because I'm still kind of, I'm still in that artist, I guess, and that artist pigeonhole, I hate to say it. Um, and I actually had this conversation with, um, with Daniel Bradbury's manager the other day. I was at a seminar, and he was talking about, you know, maintaining your brand and not caring what everybody else thinks. And I looked at him, and I said, I think his name was Paul. I was like, Paul. I was like, I get that. I said, that makes sense. I said, but you can't tell me. You can't tell me that I can go out and just say, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you. I'm going to do it this way and have a successful following because the way that like Instagram, Facebook, I mean, all these sites that we're using to promote ourselves that are free, we're being censored. So if you say one thing that that platform doesn't like and you don't have the money to back it up and put ads and promote and make sure you're not being shadow banned, you don't have the option. So, you know, I had to argue with him. I was like, you know, you do have to watch your P's and Q's to a certain extent. I said, because we're not Daniel Bradbury yet. And he's like, well, you have to stick to your brand. I said, I get that. I said, but you have to do it in a smart way. Mm-hmm. And he was he was actually quite taken back by it, I think. He was kind of like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> She's arguing yeah, with me. I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> Um, and I and I do understand your point of view. It's like I understand the the business side completely. It's just I rail against yeah. the business side because there has to be a point in in our lifetime or somebody else's lifetime where somebody railed against let's say something in the music and scene and they were successful at it. You know what I mean? Because I think there is a big Yeah, and I think there are people that have done that. Like, for example, I mean, look at Walker Hayes. You know, Mm. his stuff is so untraditional. Right. But what did he do? He got his stuff to go viral on TikTok. And, again, he still had a budget. He still had people, you know, he was paying to help that happen. I mean, that's what we're doing right now with one of my songs. We're trying to get the line dance to go viral. But, you know, all these TikTok stars, that we're talking to, you know, all want five hundred plus dollars just to no. do the dance and repost to their story. And it's, it's like, like no. it's like no. I need I need I need thirty of you to do that. That's <laughs> it's thirty times five. That's like thirty thousand dollars. It's not hold on. Five yeah. times it's fifteen thousand dollars. So, you know, it's but what he did though, he has changed it a little bit. He has changed kind of, you know, what the standard is for music. And then you look at, you know, that L.D. Shane guy who wrote the song about the, you know, the stepson, I think it was, my boy. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with people. Um, you know, it was something a little different than what you typically hear. So I think there is room. I just think, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you have all these artists that have all this great music like that. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, who's going to pick it up? Who's going to promote it? Who's going to say, oh, that song is great. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's so tough to reach everyone these days. And it's, it's I, I wish it could be changed in a heartbeat, but it can't. I agree with you 100%, but I'm also the type of person that's going to tell you it can change. I mean, you'd have, a, a person has to, has to be willing to put everything they have in it. I mean, if you look at somebody like a rapper like Ludacris, Ludacris stopped by having every back in the day when they had CDs and all this stuff. Um, they still have them, but nobody uses them. Um, <laughs> from punk, and he pushed and he pushed and he pushed until he was heard. And I, I think the whole bottom line to this music industry is that you have to have enough perseverance to do it. I mean, you have people that just stand in the middle of a hallway and start singing, and be, they become viral. I, I believe that for each and each and every one of us. There's that that one day something's just gonna click for somebody. I know somebody oh, that was for sure a hundred percent. Yeah, there was hundred percent a person that was performing at clubs all the time. It's one person said, "I really like your music. Here's money. I would like to promote you." So sometimes yep. there's a time and a place. Sometimes I think if it's meant to be, it will be for you. I think there are people like me that like to push the button, push the edge, and say, "Well, I." <laughs> I'm going to do this, and you're going to listen to it. Like, I just released this song called Block. It's a country single called Block, and it's Mm -hmm. about Block on social media. I read about the things that people are doing. It it sounds funny, and it's it's very cute. um, I'll have to listen to it. And this is the first one where I see a lot of people are sharing it because people have done this in the past three years where they block people, you know, and I say go to cry about it on TikTok. So, you know, I try to make it engaging. I just can't, you know, get into this whole, well, you know, I got to compromise my artistry to do. Nah, it's just happening. Even if I never make a million dollars for myself, um, I'll just be like, well, I did my thing. Y'all going to remember me for doing my thing. Um, but I, get, <laughs> I, get, I, get, um, I get your point of view because it's extremely valid. Now, I'd like to play your music because we've been chatting. This has been such a great conversation. Um, so tell me what the song Ride That Bull is about. <laughs> okay, I think I sent you that one, and I sent you Time to Live, too. So yeah. we did touch on Time to Live. I don't know if you want to play that one first. Okay, I can play that first. Let me play that first. <laughs> and then we'll that, talk. That was my, my lockdown song. <laughs> lockdown song. Let's play it. The pain and sadness in my life I've become I grab my things just got the strength and have fun I'm in my red
when I listen to that song, it's definitely one I would hear on the country radio station. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. So, uh, that was my, I, like, poppy EDM song. I was like, I got to do something like this. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect for it. I, it should go viral. Now, tell me what Ride That Bull is about. So, Ride That Bull is basically a song about a girl kind of like okay so first of all I had the idea about it because I would go into these bars and you know these guys just like come up to you and they were just like idiots and I was like what are you doing like just stop like you're such you're making such a fool of yourself and then you get the really cocky ones that were like, you don't want to talk to me. Like, you don't want to dance with me. Like, mm. right. okay. And I'm like, mm, no, no. So I like, I wanted to write something that was kind of like, you know, in their face, like, stop it. Like, if you're going to go talk to a girl, like, go talk to a girl. Don't be, don't be like a puffer fish where you just like puff up and, you know, think you're hot shit. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of like my, like, thought for it and then one night like I just had this random melody in my head and I was like oh my god that's it but I could not get it down I couldn't get it down on paper and I was just like oh I need I need someone else to like bounce ideas off so my friend um Brandon Conway and I got into the studio and we're like I'm like okay this is the tune in my head I'm like let's make this you know a song so we got the chorus, and I'm like, okay, now the verse. So, yeah, it just it kind of came to fruition. I was like, oh, my God, now we have to do a video. Like, I already know what this video is going to be. And my good friend Evan Zosimopoulos, um, he's a phenomenal director um, and director of photography, and he's done all my videos. And he's like, yes, he's like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to shoot this video with this mechanical bull. And it was, yeah, it's the whole thing is just, it's so much fun, and I, I wish we had had that fifteen thousand to put into this song because it's been, it's been nothing but entertaining. <laughs> Alrighty, well let's play it. Ride that bull. Hey boy, I want to see you ride that bull now. alternative country pop I mean it, it all fits in there so you should have some hits 
should. The ultimate word is should. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, there are days I sit back and I'm like, do you really want to do music? <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of work. Girl, we we um, all have those days. I have them every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny because I'll say it and then somebody will send me an email or call me or text me. Oh, I really love this song. And I'm like, okay, universe, okay, I hear you. Right. But I'm like, you need to send me some money, number one. I need to go viral because there's so much Natalie can do. Um, you need to send some, send me somebody that says, you know what, I just want to sponsor your music so I can just really go. <laughs> because that's, let's, let's be honest, that's what we basically need. We need somebody that yeah, loves us so much. That they're willing to sponsor everything that they believe in us. You know, I went to yep. um, this festival many years ago. It's called Midem in, in France, and mm-hmm. looking for a manager and all that stuff. And they they basically told me the best manager that you will get is somebody that believes in you, and it's usually like a either a very good friend or a relative that just loves you and loves everything that you do. And it's really and and I've come to realize that that's very true. Um, and that once it is dedicated time to really push your music. Now, I have people in my life that say, oh, I love what you're doing. I want to do this and I want to do that. And they've helped me a lot. But it's just like you you, you, you need like 20, 20 personal assistants um, yeah. to get everything go- going. And you can only do what you can. So much. Yep. That, that, with what you have. Um, yep. I literally put myself in debt for my music. That's how much I love music. Yep. Um, yep. And that's what we all are doing, though. And people yeah, just don't, don't realize that. So then my next question for you is, what are the three things you've learned since you, you know, no, what are the three things you wish you had known before you got into the music business? Um, <clears throat> hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think for me, if I wish, I think I, I wish my parents had known. I think that really would have been the key um, yeah. for success because, you know, they had no idea. And I did everything on my own. I learned everything myself. And, you know, I took classes. I did tons of research. I still do so much research on just the ever-changing you know, ways of doing things in this industry. And, you know, you just, like you said, you don't have enough time. Um, yeah, so realistically, I, I wish that I had just had someone who already knew all these things as a young child because, you know, I wanted to move out to California and L.A. when I was, like, 15. That's what I wanted to do. But that wasn't an option. That wasn't something my parents could do. So, you know, I had to wait. I had to wait until I graduated college, and then by then I was like, well, okay, now I'm 21, and these kids on Radio Disney and stuff like that are, you know, already famous, and, you know, I had always told my mom, I said, I just wish I could have started earlier. I think that's, honestly, if I had any anything I could have wished for, that would have been it. I think everything else I've been able to kind of master, but there's really no secret, there's really no set formula to how to do it. It's it's just, they say in acting, it's when, you know, luck meets, or it's opportunity meets luck, essentially, is what it is. Or no, what is the saying? It's it's when talent meets luck or something like that. It's It's basically like, you know, there are so many talented people out there, but not everybody's going to get that break because there's just so much. But it's basically, at the end of the day, being lucky and working really, really hard. That's what I say. I say that all the time. You just need that yeah. one, that one damn big break. To just... Well, it's not just one. I'll be honest with you. It's not just one because I did have that. I was on TV shows and co-stars and, you know, I, I've worked with celebrities and, you know, I've been around these people and it's not just one. You have to continue to just, you know, 
make those connections and find those people. And, you know, after that hype goes away, you're starting over again. So it's, it's really like, it's, it is meeting, it is meeting the right people for sure. I don't know if it's necessarily like that one break in the entertainment industry though, because you can, you know, you can do that and then you think you're good, you're good. Okay. And then you don't get anything for two years and you're like, well, I was just at the top of the world. What the heck happened? So it's it's a lot. There's a lot of roller coasters in it, I think. And you know, once you start making making a lot of money from it, I think that's when you're when you're pretty well set. Sadly. <laughs> there there's that, and I and I do agree with you on on that, in in, in a sense, um, because I see people that you know, there's a whole concept of the one hit wonder. There are people, there's this one woman, she was at the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and she just started singing. And then she got to sing at Hillary Clinton's convention, whatever thing, Um, Mm or that was yodeling supermarket. I think people tend to have that one big thing that happens in their life. Now, what they do with that is totally different. Do they continue with it and just because they had that one break break you're right it doesn't mean that it's going to go anywhere further sometimes well uh, right i mean unless unless someone's offering to sponsor them and to give them money for that they're not going to do anything else exactly what i said yeah i agree with you 100 percent um but what i do know about this whole industry is that you really have to believe in yourself in your music and you just have to persevere and you have to keep going, doing it. I mean, if you don't really mm-hmm. believe in yourself and there's no point in doing it, if you don't believe in your music, there's no point in doing it. You know, I'm a type of right. person that can listen to my music on repeat a hundred times over. And I'll tell myself, oh, you did that thing, Natalie, use it. And I'll dance to my music. If you don't love it, nobody else is going to love it. That right, energy exactly. is in your music. And if you feel mm-hmm. About your craft, continue to do it because somebody out there is listening, and that's the noise yep. that I have to keep in my ear every time I'm like, okay, here I go again. I just released the song. <laughs> Gotta start pushing. How do I get it here? How do I get it here? There, I got. Oh, I gotta get the new issue of the indie bible. I have to start writing people Spotify playlists, this, that, and the other. And there's so many different mechanics that go along with pushing a song, not like back mm-hmm. in the 60s when you could just walk into a, a radio, here's a little 45 uh, record, and say, can you play this? Yeah. And out of 10, they would have. It is right, way, exactly. harder, way harder now to get somebody to say, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I really like this. Oh, I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it for you. Mm-hmm. Like that. We have too many machines between TikTok, yep. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, this chat, Clubhouse, da da da. It it, <laughs> it, 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 and it would seem that that it's a lot easier for us because we people can just go online, check out our music and stuff like that. But it's a lot harder because now you release a song, you have to inundate people with that damn single, which I hate doing, over and over. I know. And use it on TikTok. You know you like to block people. You know that you're done with this. Use it. Oh, blah, blah, blah. TikTok has a new thing that I use, promote. I promote, I use it, blah, blah, blah. I don't know who they promote to. But anyway, I use that. I mean, and you have to come up with ideas all day long just so they can yep. go out and scream. And here's the funny thing. It is hard to get people to scream. Streaming is basically yep. free. <laughs> it's $10 a month. Boom, you press a button. Listen to it for a couple of seconds. You don't like it? Ah, you don't ever have to listen to it again. But even doing that, getting people to stream your music, it's, it should it's be impossible. Hard. But it's yeah. hard. People, and, and then you run into the thing. Oh, I don't even do the pre-saves on iTunes anymore. What, what the hell for? <laughs> the people will purchase the right. thing I have some friends and family members that will. But they won't, they'll spend $5 on a cup of coffee at Starbucks. They won't press the button to play $1.29 for your single, my single, whoever single is out there. You know what I, I mean? I know. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, and then they, I mean, and, and these people at the conference, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. 
you know, I'm a, a voting member with the Recording Academy, and they're always, oh, you know, you guys just have to market and promote. I said it in. in Screw you, too. Screw you, look, too, yeah. Yeah, and look at the people we have to, we're competing against mainstream artists. Mm-hmm. And it is hard for us to be seen. In the pop genre alone, when you're voting, there are 900 submissions. It, they give you yeah, two weeks. How? Okay, so I'm going to sit and listen, try to listen to 900 submissions when I want to try to listen to people I don't know, but people normally just listen to the people they do know. Right. This business yep, is I know. I know, girl. I know. <laughs> you're like, you're One of these days, life. right? So <laughs> my, last, my last question for you is, what do you love about being an artist? Well, now that we've just, you know, presented all of the things we don't like on the table, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's I couldn't tell you. It's just it's it's in it's it's inside me. It's it's something that I just have to do. I don't know. I just my husband's like you picked the hardest career path. I was like I did because I like challenges. Yeah, you're like so me. maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, but. you know, I love the. I love performing in like an intimate setting, and I love to see the reaction people's face. I love the community of music. Um, I like the other way around. I like it so I don't see their faces. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see your face. I, like, I want to see. I like to feel the energy of people. I don't like yeah. to see them. I like the energy. I like the way music makes me feel. I am happiest on the stage. I will not lie to you. I am happiest when I'm Same. recording it. I am happiest Same. when I'm singing. Um, and yep. I've met wonderful people in the And it, I have to say music has been my saving grace. Uh, mm-hmm. I really don't know where I'd be without it. That's the bottom line. <laughs> You know, yeah, same. You know, we, we have sure. to keep, you know, we have to let that superpower grow and continue uh, to persevere and do our thing and and be heard. And you know what? We're getting it done. We're getting it done. We just have to, keep, even if it takes us till we become a hundred years old, we're getting it done. <laughs> One of these days, right? One of these days. One of these days. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being on Chatting with Ned. It has been a wonderful conversation for me. I've learned a lot. Um, I definitely follow you everywhere, not like a stalker, but I will. <laughs> it's okay. We, we have a few of those, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Um, and hopefully uh, one day soon we can do an IG Live. That would be a lot of fun. And continue Absolutely. conversations there. Um Thank you again, and uh, and let me see. In the body of this thing here, of um, Blog Talk Radio, you can find uh, Aaron's press kit at www.aaroncosgroveofficial.com forward slash press kit to learn more about her. Or hell, you can just Google. Google is a beautiful thing. Google is my friend. Yes. Google Aaron Cosgrove, and you'll find so much amazing music by her and You'll learn more about her, and that's just going to be phenomenal. So thank you again, Erin, for being on Chatting with Nat. It's been my pleasure. Great chatting with you, too, girl. All right. And, everybody, that was the wonderful country pop rock artist Erin Cosgrove. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.